How do you guys feel about 2023 ending? Are you, do you feel good about that? Is this a, a, a rough year? For some of you, it probably was a difficult year. There's hard things that happen, whether it was losing uh, family members, losing somebody important to you, or going through job transitions, or, or whatever it is. There were things that made this a difficult year, um, and that's okay. It's okay to have those experiences, it's okay to have rough times. But what I want to do for a second is to make sure that we stop and celebrate the wins of 2023. And I have only been here for half of the, of the year. I came in in the end of May. So I really only saw the, the back half of 2023. But just in that time, we successfully transitioned both our youth ministry and C3 Sports into new leadership um, and had one of the biggest fall soccer seasons that we've had, and also took the largest group we've ever taken to the state youth conference. So in those transitions, we have obviously done that somewhat smoothly. In Back in October, in our Be Rich campaign, we raised over $50,000 to give away to charity. Pretty awesome. Um, and just recently, Michael started back up this men's group that's been meeting on Thursday nights and that's been going awesome. So like, yeah, there might've been tough things this past year, but we've also had a lot of wins. And that was just in the few months that I've been here, let alone the months before that. So uh, as we go into this coming year, I think that it could be even better than what we just had in 2023. I think that this coming year could be our best year yet both personally for each and every one of you, just in your individual lives, but also for Crossbridge Community Church and what we're doing as a church in our ministries. Um, it could be the best year we've ever had, but it won't happen by accident and it's not gonna happen by chance or luck. It's about taking the right approach into the things that we do and understanding the perspective that we need to take into how we do all of the things that we do and seeing those things in the right way. The reality is that some of us aren't seeing things clearly or in a focused way. We kind of just, you know, fly, fly blind and figure things out as we go. Life can be a little bit blurry and we don't always see things clearly. And so what I want to do today is give us a lens to look through to make things a little bit more clear. Does anybody remember old school 3D movies or like 3D books where they had like the blue, you had to have the funky blue and red glasses to see things and pictures were all kinds of weird and when you had the glasses on, everything looked right. Everything looked exactly how it was supposed to. Actually, it looked even better because it kind of jumped off the page at you. But if you ever took those glasses off and you looked at the same image, whether it was a video, a movie, or a picture. It looked like this jumbled mess that you can kind of tell that's a waterfall, but it's also blurry and kind of funky looking and colors are all over the place. And then when you put the glasses back on, you move back into a place of clarity and focus. And so what I want to do is give us something that works kind of like those 3D glasses, gives us a place to look at these things that are blurry, that are needing clarity, that need some focus, and give us just a little bit 
of sharpening up those images, giving us something that we can focus on to make the picture clearer. See, the reality is that God gives us a tool, gives us this lens to look at the world around us, to look at all of the things, the decisions that we need to make, and makes things a little bit more clear. When, when you begin to look through this lens, life comes into focus and gets a little bit easier to understand. And the name of this filter or this lens is wisdom. And when you picture wisdom, it might look like one of these images. This is what I think of. Albus Dumbledore. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. It's, I have Hogwarts tattooed on my arm. I love Harry Potter. And so Dumbledore is like the picture of wisdom. And if that's not your, not your fandom, not your cup of tea, maybe it's my favorite little wrinkly green guy, Yoda. He is, he is the, the mentor, the wise master who passes on all of the teaching on what you need to do to be a Jedi. Or maybe if you're a Marvel fan, it's the Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange who's like risen to this different, this higher level of, of understanding, of enlightenment, and, and knows all and is like the wisest person. Or back to Star Wars, maybe it's good old Obi-Wan Kenobi. And in all of these cases, these are wise characters. These are people who kind of embody that idea of wisdom. But the reality is that the biblical picture of wisdom is, is different from what most of us imagine. And we have this handy little book right in the middle of the Bible, if you, if you take your Bible, if you have a physical Bible and you open it up in the middle, you'll probably open up to Psalms and then you just flip a few pages back to the book before that, to the book of Proverbs. And this book, I love this book because even as we're going into a new year, even though we're heading into 2024, way after this book has been written, it still contains all kinds of old wisdom that is perfect for where we are heading the times that we're living in now. So today I want to preach to you a message called New Year, Old Wisdom. So most of this book, most of the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, who is widely recognized as like the wisest person to ever have lived. And if you look just at the first few chapters of the book of Proverbs, you get an understanding, an idea of the purpose of the book. Proverbs 1, 1 through 3, it says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. So imagine what would happen if all of us lived lives of wisdom. What would happen in our church, in our community, if we lived each and every one of us lived disciplined and successful lives and we approached all of our choices and we made choices that were right, just, and fair. This is what happens when people live a life marked by wisdom. So what is wisdom it's, if it's not Dumbledore or Yoda or all these other guys? What is the definition of wisdom? Now, I don't know what Webster says, but I'm going to give you a simple definition that you can use going forward to understand what wisdom is. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down so that you remember it going forward. Is this wisdom 
is seeing life clearly through the lens of Scripture. That we were given a tool, we were given instructions that we can filter every decision, every choice, every crossroads that we come to in our life. We filter it through the message that we were given and it can inform the decisions that we make. Like the 3D glasses, wisdom gives us an opportunity to see things a little bit more clearly. It filters all of the craziness and puts it into focus. It's this deep-rooted force in the world that comes from God, and it's been around a long time, and it gives us this information, this, this guidance into where we are supposed to go, what we are supposed to do, and all we have to do is look at what he's already told us. So look at this old wisdom back in the book of Proverbs, chapter two. It says this, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So from this passage, there are five important truths in that little bit of Proverbs that I want you to take away about wisdom. And the first one, number one, is that wisdom comes from God. It says there in that very last verse, in verse six, it says, the Lord grants wisdom, that it comes from him. It was the idea from the beginning, and he wove it into the fabric of the world, and it was his wisdom, it was his knowledge of how everything works that informed the creation, informed what he was doing. He filtered it, he wove it into creation. That when, pe when people begin tapping into wisdom and making wise choices, they are literally getting a glimpse of God and getting to be a part of what he's doing. That when we make wise choices, when we filter things through wisdom, we are doing what God does and getting to see the bigger picture. We're making choices not for here and now, not for what's right in front of us, but we're looking at the bigger picture and understanding why what this decision, why this wise decision makes sense down the road. Why, it, why it's the important decision to make. So wisdom is rooted in God and the way he designed things to work in this world. So if we want to have wisdom, we need to have God. Number two, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. These are two very different things. When we talk about wisdom, we're not talking about intellectual knowledge and information that you store in your brain, that you can have all of the knowledge in the world. You can read lots of books, fill your head with useless facts, and still not be able to make wise decisions. And my wife will be the first to tell you that my brain is filled with lots of useless facts. Random things get stuck in there. I can tell you the stats of random Chicago Cubs players from years past. And yet, when you ask me to do the dishes, you're going to have to ask me about 37 times. Or the fact that just in the six months that I've worked here, 
I have gotten to work multiple times, sat down at my desk and realized I didn't bring my computer with me. And yet, lots of things get stuck in my brain. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. My favorite adage, my favorite way to remember this is that intelligence or knowledge is understanding that a tomato is a fruit and wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. There's a difference between knowledge, information, and knowing how to apply it and how to put it to practice. So, number two, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. Number three, wisdom is very practical. If you have wisdom, you know how to approach the things that are right in front of you, how to go about your life, how to make wise choices that inform what it is you're doing. It's not some kind of mystical force like Yoda or Dr. Strange would have you understand. It's an incredibly practical thing that can be applied in lots of different ways in your life. Just look at some of the things just found in the book of Proverbs. The first one, chapter 20, verse 19, says, A gossip betrays confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Proverbs 25 says, Don't visit your neighbors too often, or you will wear out your welcome. Proverbs 26, 11 says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Yeah, I, I bet... When you woke up this morning, got ready for church, you thought you were going to hear the words dog vomit, but that's what we're doing today. That if you have a dog, you've probably seen them do some pretty gross things, and you're like, why do you do that? And in the same way, you look at foolish people that you know, and you see them make the same mistakes over and over again, and they return to their folly, return to their foolishness, and you say, why do you do that? It also said, don't gossip, don't talk bad about people, don't pester your neighbors. And as you read through the book of Proverbs, you find all kinds of nuggets of wisdom on just how you should live your life the best way, the right way. Number four, wisdom should be pursued. It should be something that you look after. When you read through Proverbs 2, it says, the, the words that it says on how we approach wisdom, it says, listen, treasure, tune, concentrate, cry, search, seek. Do those words mimic your current approach to wisdom? Do you treasure the wisdom in your life? Do you seek it? Do you cry out for it? We talked this, during this Christmas season where we were looking at the names of Jesus. We looked at the name for Jesus of the bread of life. And with the youth students, I talked about when we call Jesus the bread of life, we look at bread and how it was all that they had to eat. And when you are hungry, all you think about is food. Like when I'm, when, if I've gone a few hours without eating, I get hangry and all I do is think about when do I get to eat? All I wanna, all I wanna do is get something to eat and then I can go back to being a nice human being. And I don't know that we approach our need for wisdom or our need for Jesus in the same way. Do you when, you, when you have gone through a length of time where you haven't had some time alone with God, are you in the same way where it's all you think about, where it's, you have a deep hunger in you that you say, I need to make time for this. I don't care that you're talking to me. Leave me alone. Let me go do what I need to do in the same way that like when I'm hungry, just leave me alone. Let me go get a sandwich first and then we can have a conversation. Do we 
approach wisdom in the same way that it's something that we need to have now or I'm not going to feel right, I'm not going to feel fulfilled, and I'm just going to be left feeling empty. Does that describe the way that you approach wisdom? And number five, wisdom has huge benefits. When we live our lives with wisdom, it pays off in our lives. Back into Proverbs 2 in the following verses of, of what we already read, starting with verse 7, it says, He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. So I love this passage and how it describes what life looks like when you walk with wisdom. It says that God will give you common sense, which is, mark me down for that, because that's the one that I need, and will be a shield for us. Like, my guess is that most of you have found this to be true when you're making wise choices, is that when you, when you make the right choice, you, you feel protected and you feel like you're doing the right thing and you feel like um, things are going well for you. And when you start to make unwise choices, when you start to do the things that you know you shouldn't do, is when you start to see that downward spiral and you start to feel the negative effects of it in your life. So I hope that it gives you a better picture of what this, this old wisdom is trying to do in our lives and, and why it matters today. That wisdom is seeing life clearly through the lens of Scripture, and that means, one, that means being informed, providing that lens, giving yourself the scriptural background, which means spending time in the Word so that you know how to inform your decisions. That you can only see life clearly through Scripture if you are looking at the Scripture. Otherwise, you might as well cover your eyes. So the challenge for us today as we begin this new year is how do we approach this new year with wisdom? For each one of us throughout the coming year, we are going to make millions and millions of decisions. So some of them might feel like a huge deal, some of them might be life-altering decisions, life-changing choices. Some of them might not feel like that big a deal. But in every choice, I want you to approach it with wisdom in mind. And so the big question that I want you to take with you as you go into every decision that you make throughout this year is the simple question of, is it the wise thing to do? Whether that's whatever decision it is that you're trying to make, whether it's in your time, in your, in your relationships, whatever it is, is it the wise thing to do? Not is it the easy thing to do, not is it the popular thing to do, the most accepted thing to do, the most convenient thing to do, but is it the wise thing to do?
Is this the choice that God would have me make when I filter my life through the lens of Scripture? So I love this question. When I was in college, I was part of a, uh, a small group um, with some of my, my best friends in college, and we met every Tuesday night. We would go to this guy's house who ran the, the ministry that we all volunteered at, and him and his wife would, would have dinner for, rating for us, which as a college kid, that's all you need to get us to show up is to have a home-cooked meal. And so we would meet there, and we would eat whatever it was that they, they made, and then he would lead us in some kind of devotional and kind of just talk with us about where our lives were at in, in school um, and in, in our personal lives and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and he was kind of just our mentor that guided us through the difficult years of being in college. And one night, we worked through some of Proverbs, and he gave each and every one of us an index card that in Sharpie was just written, is it the wise thing to do? And so I folded it up, and I carried it in my wallet for the rest of the time I was in college. And it, it was just a helpful reminder to say, is this the right choice? Am I approaching this choice, this decision with the right things in mind or am I just trying to make life easier because I'm a college kid who wants things to be easy or am I trying to do things right? So imagine what would happen if we asked this question every time we had to make a decision throughout this year. The way our lives would change, the way this community would be transformed into one that did what we were supposed to do and followed the way of wisdom. So how do you know if it's wise? Remember our definition of wisdom, that it's seeing life clearly through Scripture. If you're making a decision, if you don't know where it is you're supposed to go, what it is you're supposed to do, the easiest way to figure it out is to spend time with God, spend time in God's Word, and He has a tendency to answer those questions. That when you're lost, when you don't know where where to go and you have decisions to make, spending some time with him, whether that's in prayer or reading through his word, usually that answer comes to the surface and you figure out where it is you're supposed to go. So the challenge in this new year is to apply this old wisdom, the wisdom of Proverbs, the wisdom of God to our lives today. Whenever you're making decisions, ask the big question of, is it the wise thing to do? And begin to apply that filter to every area of your life and view it through the lens of Scripture. So here are three specific areas that I want you, that I want to challenge you to approach with wisdom in 2024. Number one, I want you to pursue wisdom in your relationships. The Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. That whether it's with friendships or in dating relationships, we need to make wise decisions and be careful, be cautious of who we surround ourselves with. We talked about this not too long ago with, it, with our students about your inner circle and the people that you give intimate access to your life. That we are called to be, be the image of Christ to the world and to share him with people who don't know him. And oftentimes that means 
being in relationship with people who might not make the best decisions. Like if we're going to reach somebody who needs Jesus, we gotta be in relationship with them and they might not always make the best decisions, but that doesn't mean that we are going to give that person access to the deepest parts of us. Like we're not gonna give them access into speaking into how we live our lives because we know that we are informed by something different, that we have the wisdom to back it up. So if you hang out with wise people, they will rub off on you and they will make you more wise. But if you hang out with fools, you're gonna be surrounded by that dog vomit. You're gonna be, they're gonna return to their foolishness and they're gonna draw you with them towards the foolishness that they're involved in. So in every relationship, whether that's your, your friendships, your romantic relationships, your family relationships, your coworkers, whatever it is, approach every relationship with wisdom in mind to make the right decisions. Number two, pursue wisdom with your time. I'm gonna jump out of the book of Proverbs for a minute to the New Testament, to the book of Ephesians, chapter five, and it says, so be careful how you live don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That in the coming year, you're going to have a lot of options, a lot of opportunities, and a lot of things that are pulling you in a lot of different directions, whether it's work or social life or your kids and what they got going on, or if you are a student, you are a kid, like your friends and your sports and everything that you got going on, like there are a lot of things that are going to demand your time and want you to spend your time there. And the reality is that you can't do everything. And if you try to do everything, you're not gonna do any of it well. So learn to be wise with your time and prioritize for what matters most. And I can't make that decision for you. I can't decide what matters most to you. But as we head into 2024, I encourage you to spend time figuring that out. Prioritize what is most important to you and pursue that. Make those decisions with wisdom in mind. Where should you spend the most amount of time? Where should you invest? What opportunities should you pursue that God is calling you towards? And what are some things that maybe you feel pulled towards that, something that you want to do, but you understand that that might just be you that wants to do that for whatever reason. And just understand that you can't do everything or you're going to wear yourself thin and just do everything poorly. So pursue wisdom with your time. Number three, pursue wisdom with your words. Proverbs chapter 18 Verses 20, 21 says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Anybody else love to talk? Or is it just me? I know I do. But your words matter more than you realize. They have the power to bring life or death. So we have to be wise. We have to choose our words carefully because you say the wrong thing and you can devastate somebody else. 
But if you say the right thing, you can speak life into that person and bring them forward into what it is that God is calling them towards. So be wise as you speak to those around you, whether, once again, whether it's your friends or your family or your coworkers, whatever the case. If you're pursuing your, your relationships wisely, you're probably going to pursue your words wisely as well. Because you don't want to damage relationships. You don't want to destroy the friendships and the relationships that you've built by saying the wrong thing. So as we wrap up today, I want to challenge you to ask that question of, is it the wise thing to do? Is this the wise thing to do in your relationships? Is it the wise thing to do with your time? And is it the wise thing to do with your words? Is this the right thing to say? Should I send that email? Should I make that call? Or should I maybe take a minute to cool off, to process through this before I say something I'm going to regret. Imagine what could happen when we live our lives this way, when we allow wisdom to speak and to inform the decisions that we make and push us forward towards what this church's mission is going to be in 2024. And Jordan and Brad are going to tell us more about that next Sunday as they tell us, kind of the vision of what 2024 is going to look like. But we're not going to get there. We're not going to be able to get anywhere near the vision that they have for this church if we are walking in the opposite direction of wisdom. If we allow that to inform us as we move forward, that vision is going to get bigger and bigger and we're going to get closer to it as we seek to bring heaven to earth. So I think this is going to be the best year for Crossbridge Community Church, but it starts with wisdom. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to come together as a community of people who love you and love one another. We just pray as we wrap up this year and we, we start off on the unknown journey that is 2024, that you can inform our decisions, help us to live with wisdom in mind, that we can filter our choices, filter our lives through your word, through the guidance that you offer us, so that we can draw closer to you and draw closer to the goal that you have in mind for each and every one of us and for Crossbridge Community Church. Lord, I pray for each person in this room as they embark on this, this next year, that it can be a year filled with love, filled with joy, filled with successes. Yes, there might be trials, there might be difficult things that come up, but if we are living with your way in mind, living to, to satisfy you and what you would have us do, then those, those trials are nothing compared to you. God, we pray that you go with us today as we leave here, that we draw closer to one another, draw closer to you, and it's in your son's name that we pray all of this. Amen.